Hello, my name is Jo Moss. My name's Naomi. My name is Emily Watt. My name is Louise. And this is the real Emmy. The real Emmy. The real Emmy. Hello, this is Gary Burgess, and welcome to this special edition of The Emmy Show, supported by the Emmy Association to mark Emmy Awareness Week. This week is all about shining a light on the real Emmy, and that's what this episode sets out to do. Real people, in their own words, telling their own story. You're about to hear a selection of them. Each is only a couple of minutes long, so you can pause as you go if you don't have the energy to listen in one go. And I suspect, like me, you'll be moved by what you're about to hear. Hello, my name is Jo Moss, and this is The Real Emmy. Before I became sick, I had a full-time job and a very active social life. I love going to gigs with friends and I love to travel. But I'm not able to do any of those things I love now since developing ME 13 years ago. I now live my life from one darkened room and I rely on carers for even my basic needs. I'm confined to my bed due to severe weakness, fatigue and chronic pain. I'm alone for long periods of time because social interaction is so exhausting and painful. Some days I struggle to even communicate. I only leave my home for hospital visits and it takes me weeks to recover. Even the slightest activity causes my symptoms to worsen. This means if I choose to spend a few minutes talking to a friend, I'm likely to pay for it for days afterwards. Emmy doesn't just affect me, it also has a huge impact on my husband's life. Not only does he care for me, but he has also has to put up with strangers, care workers and medical professionals coming into our home. He has to be quiet all the time and physical contact is limited. His life has to revolve around me and my poor health. He married an able-bodied, active woman and has had to make a lot of adjustments because of ME. Noise and light cause me pain, so I'm forced to wear sunglasses and earplugs. I'm also hypersensitive to touch, smells, vibration, chemicals, food and medicine. They all make me ill, so I spend most of my life in isolation. Imagine a life spent avoiding human contact because you're too scared of the consequences. A life where the softest touch from your partner causes you to flinch with pain or where your care worker's perfume makes you so ill you're unable to function for hours, where you fear sunlight and spend your days hiding in a dark room, a life where you can't watch TV or listen to your favourite music because it's too painful and exhausting. Imagine how isolating this life is. This is the real Emmy. The real Emmy is a life filled with pain, frustration and isolation. My name's Naomi and this is the real Emmy. My day starts off with a bad night's sleep. I wake up feeling more tired than when I went to bed. It usually takes me about an hour from waking up to getting out of bed. I then have a rest, have breakfast and my medication and then another rest before getting dressed. I'm usually dressed by midday. My afternoon is then spent between doing 20 minutes of activity and 10 minute rests. 
on bad days I switch it around and do 20 minutes of rest and 10 minutes of activity. I struggle to concentrate on things so I switch between activities quite frequently. I do things like watch television, listen to podcasts or audiobooks, write letters, arts and crafts. Anything to distract me from the symptoms that I'm feeling, especially the pain. But sometimes I'm too brain fogged and all I can do is just lay in the darkness and the quiet of my bedroom and listen to something on the lowest volume possible. Energy has to be used sparingly. You have to think a lot about what you will do with that energy that you have do you spend it on getting a wash or do you spend it on trying to distract yourself from the pain it's really difficult to decide what to do with the precious energy that you have and the energy is precious because you have so little in reserve you don't have the bountiful energy that most other people who without Emmy have a lot of plans get cancelled. I'm mostly housebound with ME, which is really difficult. I've gone from a life of being at university, studying to be a nurse, to being housebound, struggling to do the most basic tasks, reliant upon people to help me to do simple things. This is the real ME. Hello, my name is Emily Watt and this is the real ME. I've had ME for a decade now, since I was 12. That first year was the worst for me. I went from excelling at school to barely being able to move. My grandma was essentially my daytime carer. She showered me with her love and care, and I drew comfort from her strength. I lived for two things at that point, the next round of painkillers and our daily crossword ritual. Ten years on, and I'm finishing my undergraduate degree, which is amazing. I came to university four years ago, thinking I wouldn't be able to make it past two months. So I threw myself into everything because I really thought it was my once-in-a-lifetime chance. My one chance to experience what everyone else had before the ME took it away from me again. But here I am, six weeks away from finishing my degree, having spent an extra year last year researching in South Africa. It's certainly not been easy to get here. It's been a rocky road, but it's one I'm grateful I've travelled. People used to talk to me about magic wands that could take it all away. I'm not sure I'd want that because the ME is part of me. It's shaped who I am today. I've come to realise the best thing about ME is that it makes you appreciate the moment you're in. It's made me stronger and much more empathetic to people's struggles than I would have been. And it means I celebrate the good things in my life. Having a shower, having clean socks, baking a cake or going for a walk. These are little things to most people, but to me they're moments of joy. These past few years, I've been lucky enough to be supported by my partner, Matt. He is a well of strength and support that I can draw from when I need to. Sometimes we both struggle with my ME, but we pick each other up. And when the next obstacle comes from around the corner, we're always ready to face it hand in hand. One of the things we've been talking about for the future is creating an ME respite centre, a place where people with ME their partners, children, carers and friends could come and leave behind all the everyday worries of life and just be in the moment. 
There would be activities for all levels, yoga, crafts, walking, or just sitting in the sunshine. And at the end of the day, everyone would have some good food. People could stay as long as they wanted, two days, two weeks, two months. If it helped just one person, that would be amazing. I think it's all about focusing on who you are, not who you were before ME, not the person you want to be in the future, but who you are in this moment. We're all shaped by ME, but it doesn't define us. I really do believe I'm not ME, I'm me. Hello, my name is Louise and this is the real ME. I went from being an active person, a teacher, 16 hours a day perhaps of activity, to today I can maybe manage four hours a day, sometimes more, sometimes less. I still do a little bit of part-time work, seven and a half hours a week. I think I'd go mad if I didn't. But I feel like I have flu all of the time. I feel like I've run a marathon. Every day, I'm having to make a decision about what I do and don't do. I've lost everything, or nearly everything. I've lost my career. I've lost my friends. I've lost family members who have just retreated into the background. I don't think I know anybody really that understands what I'm going through. And that's the hardest part. Just feeling so isolated. Feeling that I have to put a face on so that other people feel more comfortable around me. I struggle going to family events and parties. I have extreme noise sensitivity. And not only that, when I listen to a conversation, everyone's talking about work. Our family are full of teachers. And it's so painful listening to what could have been, that I could have been in that conversation, but now I don't feel that I'm relevant Thank you, Gary, for all the work you are doing and enabling us to have a voice. It's vital, I think. My name is Tina Rodwell and I'm a mother of an ME hero and this is the real ME. Angus was eight when he was first ill. He's now 14. I would like people to understand that everyday joys are taken away because of the effect of any activity has on the increase of new symptoms or driving the severity down to a new low. This is called PEM and it goes hand in hand with ME. This means everything my son does impacts on his heart rate and blood pressure. So sitting up in bed is the same as intensive training. He has to do this at a steady increase from raising his head off the pillow to sitting up. As he reaches his anaerobic threshold at a low impact movement. This means his body is always in intensive training. Going to the bathroom is like going on a 10 mile jog for him. On a bright May day, if we have one, it is so hard to cope with for him and us as a family. When everyone is out and having fun on a bank holiday, 
spontaneously enjoying time. This is something we can't do. You see, when Angus's older brother and sister come home and mess about like siblings do, they sitting down dodgeball. This has a dramatic effect on Angus's heart rate and blood pressure and his brother and sister have a double guilt trip. We all get that. We thought just pacing activities would enable some life, but for Angus that doesn't happen. You see, the delayed onset of PEM, when even laughing comes at a price, learning to live with ME and PEM is so very difficult. And it's undescribable to people when they laugh freely and heartily with no consequences to explain that this has major consequences for my son is very very difficult hi my name is marion michelle and this is the real me me is like a burglar who steals from you every minute of every day its booty is your energy, half a sackful of cognitive functions and whatever else it can find. Out goes your profession, your social life, your mobility, vision, memory, your ability to look after yourself without help, your idiosyncratic vitality. In short, the way you wear in the world. Hardest though, your intelligence curls up in a ball and rolls out of reach and you lie in wait for those rare instants when you can seize it by the scruff of its scrawny neck and pull it from under bed for a wee while. My name is Stephanie and this is The Real Me. Sometimes I feel like Emmy is all that I am, but I'm also a sister, a friend, a daughter, a partner, a colleague, a graduate and a police officer. Everything is more difficult now, like trying to get through your life while balancing a very heavy weight on my head. I'm on a perpetual tightrope, juggling what I want versus what my body needs, and my body usually wins. With this comes a lot of anxiety, ranging from how am I going to keep my job and pay my mortgage, to a smaller matter, but just as emotional. How am I even going to eat today? I'm too exhausted to cook anything. Small things have become mountains that seem insurmountable most of the time. Prior to becoming ill, I worked so hard to get my dream job of being a police officer. I've had a lot of support, but my bright future is unclear, and I've had to change roles and reduce hours. I see friends and family less, and sometimes live the life of a social hermit. It's really tough when you want so much to join in and it can be a very lonely situation despite all the support. With all this uncertainty I've learned to enjoy the little things I can which I probably overlooked previously. I've also learned how to actually rest though I'm still not very good at this. More than anything I'd like research and try me to continue. We need to know more in order to help people. There's so many others like me who feel that in me is all that they are, when actually they have so much to offer. Hello, my name is Katie King and this is The Real Emmy. 
I've been suffering with ME for about 25 years now but only got a diagnosis about four years ago and I still only have a CFS diagnosis, not an ME. So I'm trying to go back to the place in Hull and find out if I can have an actual ME diagnosis because in all the research I've done over the years I feel that there are a lot of conditions which create chronic fatigue but I definitely have the symptoms of ME. And I've spent the last 25 years trying to cure myself and I've learned loads of different complementary therapies and I've had even more than that. I was told a lot of times that it was all in my head and I still am by some people. So I actually learnt counselling and went for counselling and I've done NLP and CBT and everything in between. And after 15 years of trying everything, I can genuinely say it is not in my head. Anyway, a daily life for me just differs drastically day to day. Um, Today I couldn't get out of bed until after midday. Um, I've done virtually nothing today. And now I'm recording this because I feel a little bit better. I get it in waves throughout the day. I can feel okay for about five minutes and then just feel like death again basically I say that it feels like flu without the snot because I just ache all over so much some days I'm too stiff to even put my socks on I spent two years solid in bed 2012 to 2014 I've had quite a few relapses throughout my life but I always pretended I didn't have a problem and tried to live an ordinary life which just doesn't work Love to everyone suffering with ME and to everyone who's trying to help us. And I really, really do hope and pray that very soon we'll find the reason for the disease and find a cure. And we can be released from the prison that is our bodies. And to everyone out there, it is not in your head. It's a genuine illness. And we've just got to keep going and pray that a scientist somewhere in the world very soon comes up with some answers. Hello, my name is Karen Jaffkins and this is The Real Me. Ben's health progressively deteriorated after chickenpox in 2012. After about three years, he was very, very ill, totally fatigued with unrelenting pain in his stomach and legs. Every time he exerted himself physically or mentally, he would collapse in sheer exhaustion and pain. Some days he could barely speak. No one could figure out what was going wrong with him. We thought it was cancer and that he was going to die. We were terrified. He was eventually diagnosed with CFS. I was expecting him to be given a course of tablets and some medical treatment, but the paediatrician told me to do research on the internet and join a support group. She referred Ben to CAMS and a physio, which was weird. Naively, I thought the psychologist would at least give him some pain distraction techniques. Instead, he was assessed for anxiety, depression and school refusal and discharged with no mental health issues. The physio wanted him to walk round the block every day and increase each week. He couldn't sit up in a chair at this point. I phoned them, said he'd made a full recovery and got him discharged. The best advice I never had from a doctor was let him rest, rest, rest. Thank heavens for the parent support groups and ME charities. With their advice, Ben is now having four hours home tutoring a week and we're mostly avoiding the awful boom-bust pattern. But he isn't recovering, we're managing. He's still in constant pain and is very foggy and exhausted most of the time. This isn't good enough. This isn't the life he should be leading.
Hello, my name is Jackie and this is The Real Me. I've spent the last 10 minutes trying to figure out how I'm going to word this and how I'm going to organise it. And I think the easiest way to do it is to um, bake it down into sections. So I'm going to do it as emotional difficulties, physical difficulties and then um, the techniques I use to try and help in my day-to-day life. Okay, so the emotional difficulties I find with ME... Uh, since I've had my diagnosis, is uh, accepting it, really, um, that I'm not able to do the things that I was able to do before. I used to be quite fit, I used to run, I used to walk a lot, uh, and while I still do some walking, uh, it is definitely restricted, and, um, it, you know, it is more difficult to do. So the acceptance of ME is uh, pretty tough, I find, and um also feel like I'm looking for validation, um, from friends and family and also from sort of the wider community really just uh, needing that validation to make um, to help me accept it physical difficulties um, I get a lot of muscle uh, muscle weakness um, so for me getting up from the ground uh, from kneeling or sitting I find is, is very difficult my legs don't seem to have the strength uh, again that's the same for my arms really and I get a, a numerous aches and pains. Um, the pains can be in my neck, arms, legs, um, pretty much anywhere really, but those are the most significant uh, places I get the pain. Uh, I get fatigue uh, to the extent that I have to have rests pretty regularly and, and or sleep during the day sometimes. Um, I get headaches, uh, I get um, cognitive difficulties, uh, mental blocks, uh, difficulty concentrating, for example, trying to do this um, recording and uh, just not being able to think (laughs) about what it is I'm trying to say. Uh, Difficulty finding the right words or forgetting what it is I'm trying to say or, you know, losing my train of thought. Um, other difficulties that I get are sleeplessness, so I get off to sleep generally okay, but find that I will wake in the night, sometimes with pain and sometimes just unexplained, and then it's difficult to get back off to sleep. Um, and finally, ending on positive things, uh, coping techniques that I find help me are resting um, before the point of exhaustion, really, which is something that is difficult to do, but is key. Uh, I've learned so it's it's really trying to figure in okay you know let's stop now before I go too far um, deep breathing I find that helps me and counting my breaths um, so concentrating on counting my breaths in and out um, and occasionally taking deep breaths tends to calm my uh, you know just calm me down I think really and and try and relax me I have used the Headspace app and I have found that helpful. Um, It gives you visual prompts, uh, which I find really useful. So I can imagine, I can picture, you know, my me putting my my troubled thoughts or my um, things that I'm concentrating on when I'm trying to relax. I can put them aside a bit easier. And for me, my garden is really one of my key therapy tools if you like Um, I'm out in my garden as much as I can be even if I'm not doing anything I'll sit out there in a comfortable chair or fall asleep um, and you know listen to the birds watch the wildlife I find that really lovely so I hope that's been of some help to share very briefly in how Emmy might um, you know affects me and what I try and do to to live with it and cope with it as best as I can hello uh, my name's Jenny And this is the real ME. Today is the 37th anniversary of my coming down with ME. 
I had hoped to record something about my life for you, but I'm not well enough to say any more than this today. Right now I need to rest for an hour just after taking a few steps. This is a particularly bad period. I have good days and bad days, good months and bad months, good years and bad years. Hello, my name is Anil van der Zee and this is the real ME. I used to be a professional ballet dancer. The first years of my illness I was moderately affected by ME, but these days I spend my days in a chiefly bedridden state. I don't tolerate light, so the curtains are always closed and I always wear earplugs and earmuffs, you know, these big ones for construction workers to avoid any post-exertional ass crash. Because of my orthostatic intolerance, I'm only up for about half a minute per day, just to get from one room to the other. These are just 12 steps, and then my autonomic nerve system or my blood flow needs to recover for about two and a half hours to do the same a few hours later. There's an extra bed in the kitchen and in the bathroom, so I can recover there and get my necessary things done. I can't read much, write or even have interactive conversations, as everything will make me more ill. Even recording this will give me a post-exertional malaise crash for a few days. I can't listen to music, watch videos or have visitors. So it's a very isolated life that I'm living and a great contrast to my once active lifestyle and dynamic social life. Well, this is the real me. It's really not me. I would love to have my life back. Hello, my name is Amy Jane Richardson and this is the real me. I wish every single morning that my first thought could simply be, hey, what might today bring and what am I going to do? But instead, it's am I able to get out of bed today and do I need painkillers before I can do so? It's not pessimism, it's reality. I was diagnosed with ME in 2004 and have been severely affected since 2014. Over the years, I've learnt to lower my expectations to absolute zero. If I expect to be bedbound and in too much pain and exhaustion to move, then on most days when I can get out of bed, it's a bonus, and I use that to try and stay positive. When I do get up, I rarely brush my teeth on the morning because my arms are so heavy and take time to regain some strength, and I haven't been able to wash my own hair in years. Baby wipes are a bit of a saviour, but they're also a shame. Then I get dressed in house clothes, make it to the couch with my iPad, and that's my day. If I can, I'll wash the pots and try to be happy that my productivity is instantly more than the average day. Bedbound days are horrific. Left in bed surrounded by small, easy-to-chew snacks, sports water bottles that my partner's left for me. Dim light ear defenders, a t-shirt over my eyes and a timetable of who will be calling in and when and I'll only be sipping the water because I don't have the energy to make it to the toilet It feels like being a mathematical genius and being forced to sit an exam paper on simple 2 plus 2 sums that may take until the end of your life to finish 
You are never able ever to utilise your true potential, show your worth or be yourself. And there's nothing you can do about it except stay positive and be grateful that at least you know what 2 plus 2 is. Thank you. Hi from New Zealand. This is Anne Austin for The Real ME Show. I am one of the unusual people to completely recover from ME after 13 years, only to become very ill again 10 years later. During my well period, I was able to return to work as a midwife, ski, kayak, mountain bike. So you can see that I really was well. My whole world fell apart 10 years later and now I'm housebound and bedbound a lot of the time. When I look back, the only thing that helped me was pacing and time and trying not to get deconditioned. But as we all know, there is a fine line between doing too much and not doing enough. Use your energy wisely. Get a trip wheelchair for trips outside the house. That's what I do. The real Emmy, as told by real people, on this special edition of The Emmy Show, and thanks to all who contributed. If you want to know more about ME, check out the ME Association's brilliant website at meassociation.org.uk, where you can also join as a member to show your support and join a community of people working to help each other. Until next time, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>